How are we doing tonight? Good? Be encouraged, there is like one week left. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You get about this, aren't you? It's going to be great. You're thinking, oh, we're going to get out of here. We're going to actually make it to summer. May not have to repeat this year. Uh, so it'd be good. So, yeah. Hey, before we get started tonight, I wanted you to meet a couple of folks right here. Actually, I'd like you to meet about six folks, but I'll, I'll introduce you to a couple of folks and then you can meet them on your own. Is this thing fading in and out? Are we, are we good on batteries? Is this all good? Okay, so I want you to meet a couple people. Ray and Sarah. Ray and Sarah, stand up back there so people can see who you are right here. This is Ray and Sarah Armenta right there. Oh, yeah, you can give them a hand right there. That's a good thing right there. Yeah. Now, now be encouraged. See, there's several reasons you ought to be encouraged. One, you ought to be encouraged. They are alumni. You can actually graduate. You see? Is this good? They met each other here. They got married. You see? Be encouraged by that. This can happen for you as well. Not only that, but you'll notice there's, there's children running all over the place back there. Those are their children. And so, you know, be encouraged by that. See, you can actually have these things all happen to you one day. And so... Uh, Things, things you ought to be excited about. You know, I mean, right here, right here tonight. This is good. Ray and Sarah um, not only went here, they uh, served on staff with us for several years before Ray became the tortilla baron of uh, the uh, valley and is out there in Brawley, California now and, and actually uh, runs a, a thing called a Fiesta Tortilla Company and uh, has that whole thing out there. So it's a lot of fun. If you want to talk to him about business and find out about things, you can do that. Uh, don't ask him for free tortillas, but uh, you can still talk to him about that and uh, get some things done. So tonight we're going to be looking at um, a topic. Actually, it's the last time I'll, I'll be speaking for this semester, so this is kind of fun. Um, we're going to uh, look at a topic called the aim of your life, which is honestly, uh, as I was thinking about it this week, as I was kind of thinking through some things, I thought, really, this is kind of... Um, if I were to kind of summarize everything that I really want to communicate to people about and talk about, we're probably going to talk about it tonight. So I think, you know, uh, pretty much uh, most of the stuff that I really, uh, you know, that kind of floats my boat as far as wanting to, uh, to talk to people about is, is kind of some of the stuff we're going to talk about tonight. So the aim of your life, the good news of the gospel is this, that it's not just about forgiveness. It's really about life. Now, a lot of times, I, I don't think that's how we think. A lot of times, I think, uh, we tend to think of the gospel as, you know, we tend to treat it like it's about a destination. You know, like, well, I don't want to go there, and I do want to go there, so yeah, okay, I'll, I'll accept this. But it's not. It's about life. Um, you know, God wants us to experience that. He wants us to experience that life. In John 10.10, he said, I have come have life, and that you might have it abundantly. So God longs for us to have that. Now, the thing is this, for those that have come to know him, once you come to know him, you have to learn how to live this life. A lot of times we think, you know, we, uh, it just comes, it just happens, just, you know, you just know, and, that, and that's not true. You need to learn how to live life. Now, in very many ways, it's like this. You have to learn how to live this life. You have to learn how to live life in the kingdom. Now, for you, if you want to kind of think about how that is, think about how a newborn 
When you're brand new, you know, we just got through welcoming, welcoming Jameson into the world a couple weeks ago, and you guys got to see a picture of him. I would bring another one, but then you'd begin to get bored after a while. But, you know, we got to welcome him into the world. Now, I guarantee you, he knows nothing. It's obvious. He's quiet. He's calm. You know, he, he knows nothing of what awaits him. He knows nothing about living life. He knows absolutely nothing. Just in the same way that he has to learn all about life, all about things, we have to learn how to live life in the kingdom. We have to learn to live life. Now, what I'd like to do for a little while is this. You know, every once in a while you're reading in Psalms and you're going along and you'll see a word that says Salah, S-E-L-A-H. Now, most of you, I think, you kind of look at that word and you think, what the heck is that there for? There it is again, you know. Really what that word means, it means pause and think about this. He's gone through and he's talked about something and he says, Salah, pause and think about this. I would like us to take a little bit of time to do that right now. Because I want you to begin to think about, okay, the, the fact that as newborn folks within the kingdom of God, we have to learn to live life just like a newborn baby has to learn to live life. So in groups and small groups around, I want you to answer a couple of questions that we're going to put up here. They are, what are some specifics you needed to learn as you've grown up? You know, all of you at one point were babies. I've checked. Every one of you. What were some specifics you needed to learn? And then, why did you want to learn those things? So find two or three people around you, and I want you to come up with some answers because I may ask you what those came up with, okay? Find two or three people, discuss those two questions. We'll come back in just a minute. Go, 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 go. Find some people. Go. Okay, let me draw us back in here for a minute. So I'm curious. What, what were some of the things you needed to learn? from the time that you were born. Now, most of you, I'm taking it, you were born at a young age. And so, I, you know, from that point forward, what were some of the things you needed to learn? Potty training. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, your parents are grateful for that, as we are. So, uh, I mean, all right, so that's good. What else? What else did you need to learn? Sharing. Yeah, you know, have you ever noticed you don't have to teach kids to be selfish? I mean, honestly. You know, I mean, we've, we've got grandchildren now. You know, it's amazing. I, I've never seen their parents go... No, now you need to learn to shout mine. Uh, you know, no, they don't have to do that, but the little kids just naturally, mine, mine, you know, and you're like, okay, okay, you know, good night. <laughs> but you can, you can have the bottle. Uh, I mean, you know, it's just, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, yeah, you have to learn to share. What else do you have to learn? Hmm? Owning up to your responsibility. Oh, yeah, some people, I mean, that's grad school for them, you know. <laughs> they haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, so I understand. Yeah. What else? Dakota? Yeah, there's different, there's different times for things, like this is work time, this is fun time, yeah. And let's not get those two mixed up. Uh, yeah, yeah. What else? Yeah. <laughs> How to cook, you have to learn that, yeah. Yeah, you've got to learn those things. Otherwise, you could starve. Some guys do. Uh, that's why they have Carl's Jr. So what else? What else do you have to learn? Anything else? Yeah. How to manage your own finances. And you have to learn how to work so you actually have something to manage. You know, so, uh, yeah, yeah, you have to learn. Now, as you think about those, why do you want to learn those things? Is it because someone's making you? I mean, why do you want to learn those things? I mean, like, 
several of you, I know why you wanted to learn things like potty training. You know, I mean, I understand because people would not sit by you and things like that. But I mean, why, why did you want to learn these other things? Why did you want to learn those things? Have you ever thought about that? Did you discuss any of this in your group? Didn't get to that, did you? Okay, Jeanette? Oh, yeah, they end up benefiting you big time. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. Tremendous benefits. What else? Anything else? What? Yeah. Because what? Adulting is hard. Yeah, you know what? Just growing up and being an adult, my gosh, sometimes that's just hard stuff. I mean, you know. But I'll tell you what, if you learn how to do it and other people learn to be responsible, then, you know, as the old saying goes, you know, when they're responsible, you don't have to take responsibility for them. It's all good, you know, so that's, there's a lot of good reasons. What you begin to find is this. It's the same way when you step out of the domain of darkness and into the kingdom. You have to learn so much. You have to learn how to think. You have to learn what to think. You have to learn right perspectives and values, which are his you have to learn kingdom values. You have to learn right behavior, which grows out of right thinking and right perspectives and right values. You have so many things that you need to learn, so many different skills, so many things. This new life that we're talking about, this life that you're aiming at, is about learning, it's about growing, it's about maturing. See, what God has for you, God has it a life for you of excitement. He has a life for you of adventure. He has a life for you of fun. He has a life for you of suffering. He has a life for you. You say, suffering? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Could you, what? Yeah, because you know what? That's one of the tools he'll use to really develop you. Now, some of you think, I, I didn't want to sign up for that course. Is there like an intermediate course or something? You know, No, I mean, everybody's going to go through that. And the way that you learn how to benefit from suffering, boy, that's a lesson you don't want to miss. You want to be front row on that one. He has a life of fulfillment for you. But three questions I want us to think about tonight. How do you do that? How do you begin to grow in those areas? What does it look like for us to actually begin to grow in those areas and how does that perpetuate it? How does that continue on? So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to give our time to those three things. We're going to look at, you know, how do you do it? What does it look like? How is it perpetuated? So the first one, how do you do it? Or how do you learn how to grow, learn, and mature? How do you, how do, you do that? Well, two key words that I would want you to have here. The first one is identity. And the second one is example. Identity and example. In identity, um, you need to realize from the get-go, begin to realize the new family that you've come into. When we come into the kingdom of God, we come in, we become a part of God's family. And just like any family, it has distinctives. You know, I remember when the kids were growing up, sometimes I would say, uh, now, now we don't do that. We, we don't do that. And all, yeah, well, so-and-so down the street does that. You know, I mean, they're doing it, and you know, it's fine over there. Well, that's great. They're not us. We don't do that. We don't do that? No. 
We're walkers. Walkers don't do that. We don't do it. Or I would say, you know, we do this. And they go, no one else does that. Yeah, but you know what? That's what we do. That's who we are. We do that. We do that? Yeah. And what they had to learn was, you know what? There are some distinctives about this is who we are. These are things we do. The same thing's true with God. What you begin to find out is as you come into his family, there are some things about who you are as a child of his that you have to begin to learn. There are some, some distinctives. You need to find out what the family distinctives are. And one of the best ways you do that is just what we talked about some last week and in, in some of the weeks gone by, is begin to get into his word. Begin to get into God's word as he has shown us in there who he is, what he's like, what the family is about. So you want to begin to get into his word. Now, a couple of key verses here for you. One of them is in Mark 3.14. In Mark 3.14, it's speaking of Jesus. It says, he appointed 12 so that they would be with him and that he could send them out to preach. As you look at that verse, one of the things I want you to pick up on is this. His very first concern, his very first priority for the people that were coming around him, that were coming into his family, was one thing, that they would be with him. See, one of the things that Jesus figured out and one of the things we need to figure out is, you know what? If we're going to learn family distinctives, we need to spend time with him. We need to hang out with him. We need to be around him, the with him principle. As we're with him, we begin to figure out, oh, that's how you handle situations that are hard. Oh, that's how you deal with people that are difficult. Oh, that's how you learn contentment. Oh, that's how you, we learn all sorts of things simply by being with him. One of those distinctives that you pick up on uh, early, and, and Paul mentions it in the next verse in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, he says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Live a life of love. He says, you know what? You know one of the distinctives about your family? Your father loves to love people. He says, you know what you need to do? Imitate your father. Live a life of love. You need to begin. And you know one of the great things about that? You don't need a vast amount of maturity to begin to do that, do you? You know what? We, I, I was sitting there today. I'm sitting there with three of the grandkids today. Xavier, who is the elder grandchild. He's five. Uh, you know, so he's five. You know, and then Lola, kind of senseless. She's three. And then, uh, you know, then, then there's Corey. And Corey is, you know, she is now, you know, a full two years old. But I, I watched each of them as you're interacting with them, you know, they're sitting around there talking to each other, and they decide, you know, okay, Corey's going to go, and she's going to lay down. So, of course, you know, everyone's hugging, and because this may be the last time you see her. I mean, she's taking a nap. You know, who knows if you'll come back from that, you know I mean? But they're all hugging. They're seeing each other. But, you know, the way that they would just not only love one another, but the way they in turn would turn around and include, you know, the elderly in that and, and bring me along and, and talk to me and, you know, and just love me. I would sit there, I would think, you know what? You don't have to be very mature to really show love. You don't have to be. It's not like you think, well, boy, I'll tell you what, if, 
if I can just go to grad school and get some real training and learn how to exegete all that, I'll bet you I can learn how to love. No. As dearly beloved children, imitate your father. Live a life of love. That's one of the family distinctives. So you begin to understand your identity. You are within his family. You need to begin to resemble one of the family. The second thing, you need examples. Paul wrote about that quite a bit in the uh, New Testament. We, a, lot of the, a lot of the portions of the New Testament come from Paul. And one of the things he says in 1 Corinthians 11.1 1, is he says, Be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. One of the things Paul figured out is this. If you're going to learn to walk with God, you'll do that beginning by following someone who's following God. That's the way you learn to follow God. You start following someone who's following him, and then eventually your eyes just kind of get focused on him. The next thing you know, you're following him. Even if they step out of the way, you're still following him. And that's exactly what we need. We need examples in our lives. We need examples that help us to understand, you know, this is how you do something. This is why you do something. This is what you need to do. We need examples over and over. In Philippians 4.9, one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture on this, Paul writes and he says, The things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. The things you have learned and received. The word received, it means to take it and make it your own. And what you find is this. The way you learn something is you hear it. The way you receive it is you see someone do it. You actually watch it done. You know, we have examples of this all around us, and we're just totally oblivious to them all the time. Now, take, take Victor here. We'll, we'll, we'll use him as an example. I'll tell you what, he'll stand up. Victor, stand up here for us. So stand up here for us. Now, Victor, I have it by good authority. The family lives in Hawaii. I've checked on this. They were not visiting this week. But one of the things you will notice, look at him. He's here. He's dressed. He's got shoes on, and they're laced up. And so now, you know what? I know some of you are like, i got flip-flops. I know, it didn't take a lot of work there. Uh, you know, but he has his. Now, they're all laced up. Now, without showing anything, I would just like you verbally tell people right here, how do you tie shoes? Tell them how to do that. Teach them how to tie shoes. Are, are we assuming that the, the laces Oh, we're not assuming anything at all. You're just... Now, how many of you, thank you, Victor, thank you, good job. Now, how many of you, if you had never tied shoes before, would be thinking, huh? Well, yeah, that's what I thought, yeah, exactly, the entire crew. 
In fact, many of you, honestly, you would listen and you would think, flip-flops. I'm wearing those the rest of my life. Why? Because I could never figure that. But you know what? You don't, you don't, many of you actually, many of you still wear flip-flops their whole life. I know into that. But I, I'm saying, you know, some of you actually do wear shoes occasionally. And, and the reason you do is because you've learned how to do that. But it wasn't because you're, I know I'm wearing flip-flops. I know somebody's going to say, all right. But, you know, I haven't learned how to do it. I know. No, I have learned how. Um, it was one of those things, you know, many people, what you'll find is this. Many people, what they'll do is they approach life like that. You know, I mean, learning how to tie your shoes, how did you do that? Somebody showed you. And you know what? You watched them do it once. You watched them do it a couple times. And before long, you kind of did. And the first time you did it, honestly, let's just admit it, it was probably lousy, but you're Parents were like, oh, that's wonderful. No, honestly, that big side over here and that little bitty knot over here, that's great. Probably the best tied shoes I've ever seen in my life. And you're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they're thinking, oh, don't let them out of the house. Uh, you know, but, I mean, you, you got so excited. But you know what? Just by example, you learn to do so, so many things. You begin to look at that. You begin to think, hmm, what areas do I need examples in? Well, let me ask you this. What areas do you want to grow in? You need examples in every area that you want to grow in. And so if you want to really begin to learn how, how do you, how do you learn, how do you grow, how do you mature? Remember your identity. Remember what the family distinctives are. Begin to look for examples that you can learn from and begin to learn. It won't be that hard. And you'll all of a sudden begin to figure that out. You know, sometimes what we do with people when we're trying to help them to grow is we say, sit down, I'm going to tell you. And the next time you tell them something, think of something like this. This is a whole lot like tying shoes. So what I probably ought to do is show them, not just tell them. And begin to be the examples there. So what does it look like? What characterizes a child of God. What, is, what does a disciple look like? This is the second one we're going to look at. What does it look like? I would say this. It is more than just changing your behavior. Now, um, a lot of us are willing to change our behavior somewhat, depending on the group we're around. So we're like, okay, I'm around this group. I kind of change my behavior like this. If I'm around this group. I kind of change my behavior like this. What you need to really be doing as you've come into the kingdom, as you've decided to learn about this new life, you need to not only be willing to change your behavior, you need to be willing to change your mind. See, a lot of us, what we want to do is we're like, okay, I'll do this, but I really think this is right over here. Well, what you find is this. You need to learn to change not only your behavior, you need to learn to change your mind. Here's what's going to happen. If you don't change your mind, if you don't change your perspectives, if you don't change the things you value, what will happen is this. This life that you've begun, what you'll find is it's not, it's not really a different direction for you. It's just a detour that goes off the path for a little while and then comes right back on the path that you were on before. Now, some of you, the way you think about um, what's valuable, some of you, the way you think about your schedules, 
Some of you, the way that you think about, you know, what, what you hold up and what you esteem, you know, people you esteem or things you think about. Some of you, you know, you're, you're willing to change your behavior on something. You need to be willing to change your mind. You need to be willing to look and say, okay, now, Father, you see things a lot more than I do, and you understand things a lot better than I do. So, Father, what are the things I should value? And, and, and Father, what are the things that you really want me to see things from this perspective? Help me to have your perspective on that. And what you'll find is if you begin to follow examples, if you begin to, to really focus on identity and stuff, before long you'll begin to have your values and your perspectives shaped, and they'll become very different. Three of those I want us to highlight from God's word tonight that he talks about. First one's found in John 8, 31 and 32. It says, And Jesus was saying to some of those Jews who believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. What Jesus is saying here is this. You want to know a characteristic of folks that are within the family? They continue in my word. They continue in my word. What he's saying there, you know, they, they, they not only live in the word in that they, they are regularly getting into it, but they live under the word. They allow the word to shape their thoughts. They allow the word to shape their values. They allow the word to shape their perspectives. They allow the word to actually impact the way that they think about life, about other people, about themselves, because they began to take their cues from what God has said. So one of the key characteristics, living in and under the word. The second one is found in John 13, 34 and 35, and Jesus is speaking here. This is right on the last night uh, of his life, and he says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another, even as I have loved you you are also to love one another. By this will all men know that you are my disciples. In that, you have love one for another. See, one of the things that ought to be a characteristic, Paul had just mentioned it earlier in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, one of the things that ought to characterize our lives is the way that we love. Now, for some of you, you're thinking, Yes, finally, I've been waiting for this. If I could only find someone that would let me love them. like No, no, I think we've taken too many cues from movies, okay? I'm not talking that. What I'm talking about in loving people, see what Jesus said? As I have loved you, so you are to love one another. You think, how did, how did Jesus love people? Well, you know, one of the things he did, one of the things he did, he accepted them just like they were. Now, that just scares the bejesus out of some people because they think, oh, accepting people, but I don't agree with them. Well, acceptance doesn't mean approval. It means acceptance. You know, you accept them. You love them right where they are, just like they are. So you love them. You know, another thing Jesus did, he befriended people. I mean, we get, we, we, we read scripture sometimes, and I think we read it in such goofy ways, you know, um, I watch people and they're just like, Jesus is out in a boat. What does that mean? You know, it's like, he's sailing. That's what it means, you know. Or 
You read John 20 and it says, the disciples came in from the boat and Jesus was frying fish. What do you think that's about? They were having a cookout. That's what it's about. You know, I mean, you look at things, Jesus Jesus just befriended people. I mean, like he goes over to Peter's house. He's hanging out at Peter's house. I mean, he went over there with his mother-in-law. I mean, he's hanging out at his house. He's, He's, you know, spending time with him. They go to weddings. I mean, you know, they did all sorts of just normal, regular, everyday life things together. That's how you love people. You get involved in their lives. You do normal, everyday life things with them. You know, he served them. He looked for practical ways to meet their needs. That's another way you love people. So when Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, what he's saying to them is, hey, you know what, guys? Look at the example I've set for you. Accept people, befriend people, serve people, love people. He's not talking around, walk around going, I heart you. You know, he's not, no. You never see Jesus do that. You know, I don't even think they had heart you. Well, they probably didn't, but he didn't do that. You know, so scratch that, you know. So the second characteristic, first one, you, you live in and under his word. Second characteristic, you really love others. Third characteristic is found in John 15, 7 and 8. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified in this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. He said, you know, one of the characteristics of our family is we bear fruit. Now, you, you read that and you think, well, what, 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 what exactly does that mean? Well, it actually has like a twofold meaning. One of them, he's talking about just like the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. He's talking about those things that as you walk with him, as you begin to take on his perspective, as you begin to take on his life, you begin to exude much more of those characteristics. The other thing he's talking about is fruit in that you are actually helping others to come along as well. So you're not only reflecting the character of Christ, but you're also developing the character of Christ in others. So he's talking about both of those. He said both of those things are to be characteristics of ours. Now, we don't grow in those things, and we're not doing those things in order to gain God's acceptance. We do those things because we clearly understand that in Christ we already have it. You don't have to do anything to earn God's favor. You already have it because of Jesus. And I think, you know, if, if we could simply get that clear in our mind, how much better we would be as we learn to live this new life. How much better we would be if our aim in life, we would begin to understand we're free to love other people because we don't have to worry about our relationship with God because he is golden with us. So what we need to do now is focus on how do we really live these other things out? How do we live in his word? How do we love others? How do we actually begin to bear fruit? How do we do those things because, you know what, we're golden with him. How do we begin to do that? And understand that we operate out of God already loving us. So it takes us to the third thing and the last thing. How do, you, uh, how do you perpetuate that? Or how are more disciples produced? What is, what's our role in that? How do we begin to do that? 
Here again, I would tell you, you know, do you, do you produce disciples? Do you go around making disciples so that God will love you? No. He's already nuts about you. I mean, you know, he shows your picture all over the place. Every time he's doing a PowerPoint up in heaven, you know, the angels go, not that picture again. Yeah, there they are. Look at that. You know, you know the angels are going, ah. He's always showing your pictures up here. You know, yeah, you know, he is. He, he's nuts about you. I mean, he does that all the time. Why? Well, it's just how he is. But, you know, the thing that you need to realize is you don't do that to garner his favor. No, no. You do it because you already have it. So therefore, you know, for me, I mean, that's highly motivating because I'm sitting around thinking, I don't have to do this. In fact, one of the reasons I'm really motivated to do it is because I don't have to do it. Haven't, have you ever had one of those thoughts where you're like laying on the couch? I know you've had that thought. Uh, where you're laying on the couch and then you have a thought like, I think I'll get up and like do the dishes. Now, for some of you, you're like, no, actually, that's brand new territory. I know. But you'll have one of those thoughts someday. Or maybe you think, I'm going to get up and clean up the room here or something. Now, how much more motivated or less motivated are you if just as you were thinking about doing that to really surprise someone, your parent or your mate walks in or somebody and says, hey, could you get up and clean up the living room? You're like, hmm. You ever notice that when it's expected, you're not as motivated? But suddenly when someone says, hey, you know, you don't have to do anything to earn favor with me. You've got it all day long. You're like, well, what can I do? I want to do something now. Why? Because I don't have to. I know. It's weird, isn't it? We love to do that. And that's how it is with God. When we find out we don't have to do anything to please him, we want to knock ourselves out. Why? Just out of love. So once you decide you do want to knock yourself out, you do need a plan to do that. And so that would be what I would give you, the simplest plan. And if you've heard this once from me, you've heard it a hundred times. But as Paul would say, it is no problem for me to repeat this for you. So what I would tell you is this. How do you perpetuate this? Three simple ways. See the goal. Set the pace. Share your life. See the goal. Set the pace. Share your life. See the goal. Know what it is that you're wanting to build in to other people. Understand what are the things they're going to need in order to walk with God over the years. What are the things you've needed? What are the things that they're going to need when, when they begin to step into new areas and have to trust God like graduation? Or they begin to step into things like, you know, marriage, or they begin to step into things like work, and they find out, gosh, they expect you to go to work like every day, you know, and, and show up, and you can't just call in and say, hey, I decided not to come today, and they go, hey, you can just take the rest of the year off, you know, and you, you, you find things, you know, no, it's not like that, but you know, you begin to learn all of the things that you need to know, all the things they need to know, and you have it clearly in your mind. You see the goal. The second thing you do is you begin to set the pace. You begin to be the example for those people in each of those areas. It doesn't just work if you talk about it. You need to actually internalize it. It needs to be something that you live it out. One of the things you'll find is this. People will forget what you say. In fact, most of you will walk out of here and you will forget what I have said within 
at least a day. You'll just be like, eh. You know, you'll forget it. You'll forget what I say, well, you won't forget what I do. And what you'll find is this. If you see some of the characteristics that we've been talking about in my life, it'll become real to you, even if you forgot everything I said about it. You know the same thing's true with you. People may hear you talk about something about prioritizing time with God, and they may have forgotten everything you said. In fact, they may have even forgotten it was you that said anything about it. They'll talk to you someday, and they'll go, somebody said, and you're going, that was me. You know, I mean, they may have totally forgotten that. But you know what? What they won't forget is when they stayed over and... Uh, you guys had gotten in late, and the next morning they woke up, and they saw you actually spending time with God, and they thought, huh, that is real. They actually do that. What do you know? See, your example will live on long after your words have ceased to even ring in someone's ear. But you have to set the pace. Third thing, share your life. Share your life. Get close enough to few enough that they can actually learn from you and see how you did it. Now, you know what? If you begin to do that, some of you, the reason that just scares you spitless is you think, yeah, but they'll also see where I mess up. Well, good, because they mess up too. And you know what they'll also get a chance to do? To see how you clean it up after you mess up. And then they'll learn, ah, another lesson I've learned. I learned how to actually straighten things out. Because you know how to mess up. Now you just need to be around someone that you can learn how to clean up. And so you begin to learn these different things. But as you see the goal, as you set the pace, as you share your life, what you find is this. More and more and more and more people are able to experience the very life that God has for them. See, the gospel is not just about forgiveness. It's about life. It's about life. The good news of the gospel. So the aim of your life will largely determine for you and for others how much they'll get to experience that. What my encouragement to you tonight would be is this. Make the aim of your life really getting to know him, love him, and walk with him from the heart. And if you'll do that, what you'll find is, boy, God has a tremendous life waiting for you, for you to experience all the days ahead. Let me pray for us, and I'll, uh, I'll welcome the worship crew back up here. Let me put this back over here before I knock it over. There we go. Let me pray. Father, thanks. Thanks for your word that gives such clear direction for us in um, not only knowing um, what to be about, but knowing how to be about it. Father, help us not to be so foolish as to look at your word and think that we've done something because we've heard it. Father, help us to be wise enough to understand that we haven't actually done anything until we've done something with it. So help us to take it, dress it up in leather, and put
put it to work every single day. That you would really be honored and that people would really be blessed. And we pray that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.